to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Let's go. We ready? Yeah. All right. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. We're going to start at verse 10. I'm going to read quite a bit from to 16, but just be patient with me. It's just some stuff. And I'm reading from the Amplified, so it's like extra yeah. <laughs> longer. <laughs> right. I should do the King James. It's shorter. But 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 10, we're going to through 16. For God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things diligently, even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the divine counsels and things far beyond human understanding. For what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? So also no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who was from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. We also speak of these things, not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual thoughts with spiritual words for those being guided by the Holy Spirit. But the natural, unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and revelations of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness observe and illogical to him and he is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated and he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters this is why it's tough to talk to unbelievers about spiritual things they think you're crazy they don't even have the holy spirit in them so they can't even obtain or understand what you're talking about but the spiritual man the spiritually mature christian judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. Amen, right? So I'm going to teach a little bit. My, my prophetic self is going to try to do a little teaching for a little bit. So just hold on with me. We all in here have to have the mind of Christ in all things, right? And as many of you know or may not know, I'm a mental health professional. I'm, I'm going to read what they say, what I'm, I'm supposed to do. Provide advice and counseling on behavioral management, development of skills and strategies to manage the thoughts emotions and behaviors that impact on your mental health. So what I do is I actually use talk therapy, okay? I use talk therapy to treat people for their emotional problems, mental illnesses, but as the Lord said, I'm an undercover agent in the mental health field. There are not many believers in the field. So many times when I get people, they're, sought, they're seeking me out because they see me as a Christian counselor because that's what I have on my thing. So I'm supposed to use my mouth, right, to speak words of power and bring in life to my clients and not death. 
Now, all of us in here, we understand the power and importance of our words, right? Our words create things in the atmosphere. Our words can be prophetic. We have existence and function with our words. They have capacity. If you have that in your head, that your words have capacity, that's going to help you understand when you open your mouth and speak something, it might have you yield so you don't speak something that's not properly, or, the, or you're not going to speak something that's not life for yourself, your family, the situation, that'll, that'll make you yield your mouth. That's what I have to do every day when I'm talking to clients because sometimes I just want to go in on them. But I'm like, they don't have the mind of Christ to understand spiritual things that I want to speak to them. However, I'm an undercover agent, undercover ambassador of the kingdom in this field. So I say things to them by the unction of the Holy Ghost that they can understand. But still bringing them life and not death. Just as, as Anna said, talking to that woman and praying on her, she had this tiger's eye. Is that what it is? Thank the Lord. One, I was going to say snatch it and throw it, but, you know, we can't do that in our field to go like, what are you doing? What is what are you wearing? You know, you can't say that. So you're just like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with, right? So in my field, I start learning more about the brain and the mind and how our thoughts are connected, right? The brain is one of the most complex organs in the body. It only weighs three pounds, yet it's so powerful, Right? It's the, interpreter, it's the interpreter of our senses, initiator of our body movement, controller of our behavior, um, memory, emotion, touch. It produces these thoughts and ideas and opinions. However, if we have the mind of Christ, we're not going to produce our own opinions, our own traumas, our own past, because we have the mind of Christ, right? And I know that we are not led by our flesh or by our opinions or our thoughts, but the sons are led by what? Say, wait, wait, I, I didn't hear that. The sons are led by what? Thank you. Thank you. One of, my, one of my jobs in therapy is to get people out of their thoughts, out of their thinking, and getting out of their mind, will, and emotions, right? Now, sometimes you might, if, if I'm telling you there's a difference in our feelings and emotions, you might say, no, that, that doesn't sound right. But I think a lot of times people use it inter interchangeably. However, they're two different things. Your emotions are different than your feelings. Your emotions will start, and then it can go into your feelings, which is going to come afterwards, which may not be a good thing. You know what I'm saying? So it says emotions are the raw data that start as sensations in our body. Then they're going to generate into thoughts, which can be diluted by stories we have created in our head based on the events that we've had. Now, I'll tell you, emotionally, I was a little scared starting therapy me. Big mouth Latasha, yes. Because it was something different, right? Emotionally scared. Emotionally had some fear. Let me tell you, I didn't have a stronghold of fear. I had emotions of fear. You get what I'm saying? I'm trying to change your thinking in here. Because a lot of times we think, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, I can't be fearful. And you're not supposed to have a stronghold of fear. However, when something comes at you and it hits you immediately, you're going to emotionally feel that thing. When I had something going on with my, with my daughter years ago, I didn't go in going, hallelujah, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, this is wonderful. I was like, wait, what? It's taking me aback. Emotionally, I felt that because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen in the present or even the future. So I had a quick emotion of fear, right? And I thank the Lord so much because not only was he God, but he felt, he, he had an emotional, he, he dealt with emotions himself because he was still in the flesh, 
He was God, yet he didn't sin. You don't have to turn to this, but Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. The Amplified goes a little deeper. For we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. So please stop it thinking that sometimes when you're in your emotions, you're sinning. You're not sinning because you're, you're feeling an emotion, right? And then you're trying to hold everything together. I can't get this out because I'm, I'm too angry. I'm going to be angry, so I'm going to hold this in and try to faith it. And, and all this does is make your body stick. You get high blood pressure and all this stuff that comes along with trying to hold stuff in. But if you know how to release your emotions in a healthy way, biblically, you'd be all right. Right. Listen, Jesus had emotions to the point where he went in and he was turning over tables in the temple. Please don't tell me he was saying it real nice. Oh, my brothers, brothers, please just don't. Please don't sell in my father's house. Brothers and sisters, this is a house of prayer. You guys are making this a den of thieves. Now, the Jesus I see came in, was a little upset, yet without sin, and was turning tables like, are you serious? You're making my father's house a den of thieves? So I'm just trying to help you explain yourself. Listen, we laugh because it's funny, right? But yet when you experience an emotion that you're upset, then all of a sudden you're like, hold it in, hold on, I got it. It's okay to express your emotion. Listen, I got righteous anger myself on some things. When I hear people come in and, and talk about there's more than two genders, I get a little righteous anger. I deal with these people all the time, and they're like, I'm, I'm this and that and that. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Or when I got people coming in, or, or they say they can't even define a woman, I get righteous anger. What do you mean you can't define a woman? She has a womb. Very simple. Very simple. <laughs> all right? So I get a little righteous anger when you want to kill a baby either in the womb, eight months, nine months, about to deliver, and you want to kill. I get a little righteous anger. That's my emotions, and I'm okay, but I can do that without sinning. I can do that while cursing people out. I can do that while putting hands on you, and I don't mean putting laying hands. I mean the five-fold ministry hand. That's like this. <laughs> I'm teaching you guys some differences. Difference in emotion and feeling, difference in laying hands and five-fold ministry hands. So, listen. Another thing I noticed, too, is that Jesus did experience some fear in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he was laying down there crying out to the Father, crying out, please take this cup from me. Please, Don, you know, I don't want to do this. And you're, and, you're, and you're sweating drops of blood. But you are going through because he's like, listen, when he's thinking about it, I got to be away from my Father, right, to go into hell and get the keys. I got to go on the cross. I got to be beat. He already saw this. So emotionally, he felt it, Right? Where is it? Mark 14, 33, 35 says, he took Peter and James and John with him, began to deeply be, be deeply distressed and troubled, extremely anguished at the prospect of what was to come. He even said to them, my soul is deeply grieved and overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. After going a little further, he fell to the ground, distressed by the weight of his spiritual burden, and began to pray that if it were possible in the Father's will, the hour of suffering and death for the sins of mankind might pass from him. 
Now, he had experienced the emotion of it, but it was not a stronghold of fear. We understand the difference between just having an emotion and a stronghold, right? But one thing about Jesus, what he did is he knew when he was feeling distressed and troubled, he went right into prayer and praying to the Father because he knew what can take place once he's back in his presence, right? Luke twenty two forty three talks about that. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of the spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. And at last, he stood up again. What I saw in that, I'm like, Jesus, he was in the flesh, yet God. Yet when he sweated blood drops and it came through to his skin to touch his own flesh, he got up. The blood, the blood in him. However, when it came out and touched him, rejuvenated himself, his own blood. Did y'all hear what I'm saying? His own blood, when he sweated, it gave him strength and the anointing and the power to stand up again to go, you know what, Father, not my will, but your will be done. So he knew he was going to go to the cross and use the blood, not for me or not just for you, but he knew what he had to do. He wasn't thinking about himself. So his own blood strengthened him and encouraged him and said, get up. So there are some things that maybe you're dealing with that you may feel that you're down low. You better get into that and start thanking the Lord for the blood and pleading the blood and use it to get up. Stand back up again. Don't let a diagnosis keep you down. Don't let your finances keep you down. Don't let family members dealing with some stuff keep you down. Don't let a diagnosis for a family member of cancer or whatever it is to keep you down. Don't let anxiety, depression speak to you louder than the word of God or the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Because we are led by the Spirit of God. <laughs> I thank him that he did it. Yeah, I know the month of May is the month of mental health awareness month, too. I didn't even know I was going to preach today. I just got this word yesterday at 2 o'clock. <laughs> right? I'm like, Lord, what am I? What? 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 2 o'clock. Okay. And I think I switched it because I think my doctor asked me, what are you doing? I was like, I think I'm talking about this. It completely changed yesterday at 2. Let's go to Luke 4.18. I'm almost done because I knew I was going to go fast. I was going to go fast. Luke 4.18.19. You guys already know this one. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release, pardon and forgiveness to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tra tragedy, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day when the salvation and favor of God abound greatly. The only reason I am able to be a therapist or a counselor is because of the anointing on my life. It is only because God has anointed me to do it. To listen to people day in, day out to their struggles their traumas, their triggers, things that are happening in their lives, in their family's lives, things that have happened in their past, things they may be even afraid of for the future. But I hear this day in, day out. I have at least anywhere between 35 clients a week. And sometimes my clients say, how do you do it? And I thank the Lord when they ask me. I'm like, oh, you want to know how I do it? <laughs> it's because Jesus has anointed me to do this. It's because I pray for my clients. It's because every time you come in here before you sit on that couch, it's been prayed on. Every time you get up and leave, I'm praying for you and your situation. That is how I'm able to do it because I don't take your stuff home with me. 
because I know I, this joy I have, really, the world did not give it. This is why I can talk to people day in and day out. And I thank him for that. I have an anointing to talk when I have a Satanist sit on my couch. Who loves me, by the way? Who wants to see me every week? <laughs> every week. And she's a Satanist. And I had asked her one time, what does that even mean? I have the right to be offended and the right to offend. Okay? And how has it been working for you with Satan? You know, and I'm, I'm being a smart aleck, but I'm not, because I want them to think. How has it been working for you being with Satan? Well, I'm still really angry. I'm still, and I'm like, this. okay. Because a lot of times in therapy, you talk, but you're letting them talk so they can say it out loud and really listen to what they're just saying. Because it doesn't make sense. Listen. I thank the Lord. Let me tell you a little about the anointing. It is the power given by the Holy Ghost to function in the supernatural. Right? It's a mark or seal or God's branding on your life. Right? See, I have an anointing. We don't got to click our ruby red slick, uh, slippers. I got anointing. I got anointing. I got anointing. You have it. You don't got to work the thing out. You just have it. God has given it to you when you became born again to have an anointing. It may be different from mine, but yet you have one, right? I have an anointing to be a wife, a mother, right? A pastor, prophet, intercessor, auntie, blonte, as some people like to call me. That's the black auntie for y'all who didn't know. <laughs> Woo. But each of you at the sound of my voice has an anointing. Here in this building, online, you know it. I, I've been anointed to preach before I even knew I was called to preach. It was already in there. Even though I heard it from several people, you know you're called to preach. You know you're called to preach. I'm like, yeah, okay. In the beginning, I didn't believe it. That was the emotion I felt. I don't believe it, <laughs> right? But then I'm like, okay, the Lord starts speaking to me even more. You're called to preach. You're called to preach. So I start getting up, and there it was. The anointing was available for me to do it. Some may feel they are anointed to do some things, and you are. However, your, your assignment or your appointed time may not be right now. Because a lot of times people feel, I'm anointed to preach, I'm anointed to preach, and you want to get up and get in the pulpit and preach for an hour. It doesn't happen like that. Some of you feel like, you know what, I'm anointed to be an evangelist or a prophet. And that, but you've got to make sure that this is an appointed time for that anointing to work. Some of you may see other people doing it, and it makes it look so easy because they are anointed for it. So I'm going to encourage you not to look at everyone else and their anointing and go, oh, I want that, because that may not be your assignment. You don't have an anointing for that. You have an anointing for something else. As we like to say, stay in your lane. However, you stay in your lane with your anointing, because that's when it's going to be easy, because what the Lord puts on us is not hard. Yoke is easy, burden is light. But each of you have an anointing to complete your own assignment here. Because I, I, and another thing too is people feel they have a gift, so they feel there's anointing behind it. That's also two different things. I'm teaching you guys a lot between differences today. Two different things, gift and anointing, two different things. People can have a gift to sing. That does not mean they have an anointing to sing. You may can preach very well, have a great voice and know how to talk to people. However, there's no anointing behind you to talk or preach. Get what I'm saying? Because a lot of times we in the body of Christ will hear somebody and go, wow, they have a great voice. They're so anointed. And I'm looking like there's no anointing behind that voice or that song at all. It's a gift because we do have gifts. And I don't know if anyone you know like Fantasia has, can sing her little 
honey, like an anointing on her, the, 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 her voice, right? Then some people you sing, I'm like, what? Who told you you could sing? Like, what's going on? Anyway, I just want the anointing. I don't want to be up here just with a gift. There's a difference, right? The anointing lubricates you for the assignment so that it can be, what I put on here? The anointing lubricates you for assignments so people can also be drawn to you, right? It will draw people to you. It's like it smells good. The anointing smells good, and it draws people to you. I think that's what happened between these two. I think Zebi was just so anointed that David was so drawn. I mean, she's beautiful. He's like, she's beautiful, but ooh, that anointing on her life drew him to it drew him to her, which really drew her him to the father, right? Because she would come in like, oh, my goodness, it was so great at church. Oh, my goodness, it was wonderful women's meeting. And, oh, oh my, and he's looking like, well, what? wait, what's going on? And he's stepping closer because he's getting drawn to that aroma that she had. He was drawn to that anointing on her life. So people will be drawn to you because of the anointing on your life. They're drawn. And sometimes people who are not supposed to be drawn be drawn to your life. I had a man just Friday, comes in my office, I've seen him probably four or five times, and said, can I have a hug? And I was like, for what? <laughs> no, I'm not hugging you, bro, no. But see, they're drawn, they don't know exactly what it is. They're so drawn, they, that's why they wanna see me every week. They don't know they need God in their life. Because the anointing on my life draws them to see me. They always want, can I see you, can I have your number? No, no. Empathetically, no. And I teach my clients all the time. No is a complete sentence. I don't owe you an explanation behind it. I said no. All <laughs> right? It's like you teach your kids. No. Why? Because I said so. But yeah, no. Right? This anointing on your life, when people come to you, should draw them closer to God. Not anything else, but closer to God. The anointing helps you get through a difficult time. When there's a yoke or a burden on your life and you need to break something off of you, it's going to be the anointing. Not a powerful YouTube video, not you shouting, not you speaking powerfully in tongues. It is the anointing on your life that's going to break, give you the breakthrough, right? The only yoke destroying and burden breaking is the anointing. The anointing is what pulls down the strongholds, how to get in the middle of anxiety, how to get in the middle of depression. The anointing is what's going to give you wisdom on how to get finances in. The anointing is what's going to give you that breakthrough and healing and reconciliation, restoration in your family. It's the anointing. Even when everything seems like it's at a standstill, even when you got to move through grief, we're using the anointing now. I don't know, I didn't tell too many people, but last week we had to put our dog down, who's almost 14 years old, and it was the hardest thing. So Ben and I were there. The girls, I thank the Lord because the girls were not there. This was their dog that they prayed for. That's always been our thing. They prayed for cashmere to come through. Constantly refrained. They said, can we get a dog? No, no. I was using that. No. On them. <laughs> All right. Finally prayed. We went and got cashmere as a puppy. So he's been with us for almost 14 years, and we had to put him down. But I thank the Lord for his mercy and grace. Because even, even though that happened, God is still good. Yeah. He's still so good and still faithful. Because what he did is with our dog, he never suffered. Our dog was the same old, act like puppy for or even that Saturday when we had to take him. He was still running around and jumping and everything. And then we come back and then he was just like, he just looked tired. So I knew something right away was wrong. So we took him and it was cancer on his spleen, which was tough. But at the same time, we were like, 
thank you, Lord, that he never suffered. And he was still that rambunctious puppy running around, stealing chicken and everything (laughs) from us, you know, everything. And it was such a blessing, but it was the anointing in us thanking the Lord that we had that opportunity to be with him that we were blessed to have a really good puppy for so long. And it was anointing to go on to God going, Lord. And then James came and told us this wonderful story that really blessed me, was saying that we're going to see our dogs again. The, the, the people, the animals that we love so much, we have a loving father who's not going to just let us not see him again. So it, was, it, it, just, it just blessed us. So that's what I'm holding on to. I'm like, buddy, enjoy all those treats in heaven. <laughs> you know, Your, Those are the best treats in heaven, buddy. He getting the best treats, the best chicken. Can you imagine how it tastes in heaven? He probably like you. These guys having and nothing on you having is the best. He's probably looking at us like, <laughs> whatever, right? But the anointing is what helped us get even through that that time of grief that we're dealing with with him. I'm ending. I just want to say in um, Luke four nineteen, where it says to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. I'm just going to declare over you the next six months will be the favorable year of the Lord over all of you. That means God's favor, God's delight, God's blessings, God's joy in and on you, God's happiness, his supernatural finances, doors to be open, visions and dreams, a favorable year of the Lord, debts canceled, accelerated growth, restoration, reconciliation in Jesus' name. Thank you. I have a song in my heart, and I've been loving it ever since I was a youth. And uh, some of you are, I'm sure, familiar with that. It goes like this. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth with thy great power. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth with thine outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Oh, great and mighty God, great and powerful, mighty indeed. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing is too difficult for thee. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth with thy great power. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth with thine outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. O great and mighty God, Great and powerful, mighty indeed. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing is too difficult for thee. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, uh, it's, no, it's no mystery, as, as Tasha demonstrated today, and also as Anne has testified. You know, we're in a battle. Life is a battle. And Pastor Tom is steadfast and consistent at preaching that even though it's a battle, we have victory in that battle. Amen. 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 
For thanks be to God, and he always causes us to triumph. And I like that word, triumph. Triumph is the celebratory victory. I mean, not only do you win, you win big. There's a marching band. There's a ticker tape parade going because you're winning. They're celebrating your victory. They're celebrating my victory. Hallelujah. And we give God the praise for that. I want to prove at no limit of time, and most of you already know this, but I'm going to tell you again that our God is heavily invested in our success today as believers. From the very inception of time, since the very beginning in which he created Adam and Eve, he blessed them. And he spoke a blessing over them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, saints. Am I right about it? Yeah. All right. He said, I bless you, Adam. I bless you, Eve. I want you to replenish the earth. I want you to be, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. He spoke a blessing of multiplication over their life. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful that I now receive of that blessing and multiplication. Amen. I want to talk about Jesus and the blessing of the Father today. And you know what, saints of God? We all have the blessing of the Father today. Ain't that good news? Amen. Amen. That's wonderful news. In a time of turmoil, in a time of strife, in a time where it seems like all hell is breaking out, isn't it nice to know that God is for you? Isn't, that, isn't it nice to know that God is for us and not against us? Isn't it nice to know if God is for us, then who can be against us and actually win? Because we have the victory. We have the triumph in Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Deliverer. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So it is Father God that is the blessing. He is the blesser. Hallelujah. And outside of him, hallelujah, we have no good thing. But every good and perfect gift comes from our Father, from above. <laughs> hallelujah. The author and the finisher of our faith. I'm going to ask you, if you, if you can, go, to, go with me uh, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And uh, I'm going to start at verse 7. And uh, I'm looking at the time. We uh, blew the time out. We had a blowout service today. Amen. Glory be to God. So I'm going to get as much as I can into into. I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to respect the time today. Amen. And uh, I'm sure I can pick up on what I have at a later time. Glory be to God. But listen to this. Listen to what our Messiah instructs us, saints of God, blessed of God. Hallelujah. You are the blessed of the Lord. Amen. You're the blessed of the Lord. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in and blessed going out. And you know what? Didn't have much to do with you. Didn't have much to do with me. Wasn't my idea. Wasn't Latasha's idea. Wasn't Pastor Tom's idea. But guess who idea it was from the, from the foundations of the world? It was Yahweh's idea. It was the great God Jehovah's idea to bless his people so that his people can be successful and prosperous and have the abundant life. 
He says, ask, and it shall be given unto you. All you got to do is ask. Saints of God, if you're without clear instructions from the Messiah, ask. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. For everyone that, what? Asketh, receives. Amen. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. Hallelujah. There's an open heaven over your life. When you're going through a tough time, when you're in the midst where it appears to be a battle, there's an open heaven. It all depends on what you believe. What is coming out of your mouth? What are you confessing? Even though you can see all around you difficulty, negativity, uh, Things may not be going your way, but what do you believe in your heart? I think that was uh, spoken above this morning about by Chrissy. What do we believe in our heart? For we walk by faith, not by sight. Even though it was tough losing cashmere and it hurt our family in a certain way, I still had to believe we were blessed of God. It was a blessing to have them. It was a blessing that he was a part of our lives. He brought so much joy to our life. He opened up a di different dimension in, di dimension in each and every one of us by the wonderful life we share with the little puppy. Amen? Amen. Now, verse 10. No, verse 9 I left off. Or what man is there of you whom... His son asked bread, will he give a stone? All right. Somebody begging for bread. You going to give that person a stone? No. Or if he asks fish, will they give you a serpent? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even unto them. For this is the law of the prophets. Hallelujah. Amen. It was, it was wonderful to hear Anna pray for that lady that needed it. It was wonderful to hear that she released the anointing on somebody that needed it because she needed it. Her body was going in every, every uh, direction that you could name. It was going east. It was going west. It was going north. It was going south. But she prayed because she demonstrated compassion for that person. She demonstrated what uh, Matthew seven twelve says, do unto others as you would have do unto you. Hey, saints of God, if I'm going through something, hey, pray for me. Extend your hands towards me and pray for me. Release the anointing in my life. Amen. So that I can have the abundant life. Glory be to God. And Tasha speaking about the anointing. She relies on the anointing every day because she's dealing with people that need that anointing. Their minds, uh, uh, the, the Bible talks about the battlefield of the mind. Their minds are open prey to the enemy because the Bible says that the, the enemy 
is going to and fro throughout the earth seeking whom he can devour. And if you, saints of God, if we don't know the word, if we're not standing firm and flat-footed on the word of God, believing the word of God, then we're going to be open prey to the enemy. Amen? Amen. But I thank God that she's obedient in releasing that power. She, she knows she has an, uh, an unction from the Holy Spirit and that she can speak a word in due season and set people free and get them on the right track again. Get them on the right track being divinely aligned with God Almighty. Therefore, opening themselves to every spiritual blessing in which we are partakers of each and every day because we're called. We're called to the Zoe life of God, saints of God. We're called to the abundant life of God, flowing, flowing with milk and honey. Amen? Amen. Hey, Isaac, the seed of Abraham, even in a time of famine, his enemies saw that he was blessed. He, they saw that he had a blessed wife. They saw that he had blessed possessions. They saw that he had things that money, material things, couldn't buy because he had the backing of the king of kings. And when Abimelech went in to take his wife because she was so good looking, God had to warn Abimelech in a dream. and said, let her go. That woman you have is a married woman. Touch her and you're dead. That's the kind of God we serve, amen? He's got your back. He's got my back. He's got my front. He's got my side. He's with us every step of the way. That's what the name Emmanuel means. God is for us, saints of God. So we have to know that we know that when things come against you, it's the enemy. It's darkness coming against you. It's evil coming against you. Yes, because evil's in the earth, right? And we are here created to destroy the works of the enemy. By what? Bringing glory to God. Proclaiming the gospel. Proclaiming the kingdom of heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is, as it is, as it is in heaven. I want to proclaim that everywhere I go. The word of the Lord will prevail as we proclaim. It has creative power. The book of Isaiah says that the word will accomplish what it's sent forth out to do. It will not fail. Amen? Some of us think that we will fail. Well, hey. You put the word of God in your mouth. You get properly aligned in your mind that God is with you. You cannot fail. And it's because of his passion. It's his wonderful compassion in which we will not fail, saints of God. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to open my, I'm going to be available for prayer after the meeting. So if you're struggling in any area that was addressed today, feel free to come down to the altar and receive prayer. Prayer is the agreement that will help give you victory 
in those places in which you need victory. Amen. Just be honest. Say, hey, brother, you know, I need some prayer in this is in this area. I struggle with confidence. I struggle with with bad thoughts. I struggle with uh, finances, this, that and other, whatever the case may be. I don't care. I'm just going to release the anointing of God and we're going to see victory work in your life. Amen. 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 May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you all and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.